Welcome everyone to the second episode of Baseball Rants. I'm one half of the rant, Jeff Himes. Uh, a couple things for you. We're nine days away from, from spring training and Russell Wilson just got traded to the Yankees. Yep, Jeff, that's right. First off, Russell Wilson traded to the Yankees and complete nonsense here. Yep, <laughs> Coach Kilgore here. Jeff four fours Himes. We're gonna uh, recap real quick just a few things that happened from last week. Uh, first off, the big one was Met signed Todd Frazier, new third baseman, uh, projected to probably hit fifth in that lineup. So uh, he might be the same player as Gonzalez, who's gonna play first there, who will probably hit six, I would think, if you're looking at that lineup. Uh, back in uh, or probably Jay Bruce four. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a sign. I don't love the sign, but they needed some infield help, obviously. I think there were some probably cheaper options, but I Frazier. Like I like it. Why? What, what's so great about Todd Frazier? Um, I think on a, on a team that made a good push in 2016. Yeah. Made the World Series in 2015. Yeah. Um, David Wright can't walk, can't hardly get out of bed. At $17 million for two years, I'll take it all day. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense, but... Uh, I just think there were some cheaper options. We'll get into the options later with the free agency and stuff. Uh, also, you saw Alex Avila, the uh, catcher, signed with the Diamondbacks. Yeah. So Diamondbacks get a nice uh, backup catcher, and so that's that's a big move. George Springer, two-year deal with the Astros. Yep. And uh, Red signed David Hernandez, a really yep. vital part, if you ask me, mm-hmm. of the middle transition innings for right. the Diamondbacks last few years, right around the, just a hovering three ERA or so. So... Uh, some some fun interaction things there going out. Uh, Santana's going to be out for three months with the finger. Yep. So just some of those kind of uh, news things coming up here. But, uh, Jeff, let's talk right into something that you and I agree but we don't agree on, which is starts out with, obviously, clubhouse guys, glue guys. I think that they're very vital and... I don't think that you think that's the, the case at all, that they're basically a big waste of money. Um, yeah. I, I, Jeremy, now let me explain myself. Here's why I say that. Going on my own experiences as a Cubs fan, uh, we signed um, Hayward to $184 million. You know, there's opt-outs and blah, blah, blah. I don't even look at that. I'm looking at $187 million at the end of his contract we'll pay. Right now, he doesn't hasn't done jack at the plate. All he's done for us is made an alleged, and I'm air quoting, alleged rain delay pump-up speech that won the Cup of the World Series. To me, is is that enough to pay someone $184 million as a glue guy? Not saying that he was originally supposed to be a glue guy, but to me, I'm told hard stats. Okay, that's fair. But $184 million was never supposed to be a glue guy. That is not what the definition of a glue guy should be. Now, there are some glue guys that are the attention of the team. Pedroia has got to be one of those guys. Yeah. David Ross said that Pedroia is there, you know, ready to go at like noon or before for a, a night game, which normally you show up about four hours, like two to three o'clock. You're kind of rolling into the clubhouse after playing Xbox all morning. Right. <laughs> That's not the case for a guy like Pedroia. But. I'm going to ask you a guy's name, and you tell me if you've ever heard of this this player. Josh Fogg. I can't recall. Okay. Josh Fogg was a reliever, and his career stats, he had an ERA of 503. 
He, he did start a little bit, I think. He had 62 wins and 69 losses. So, it, it is really not a strong player. His whip was like 1-4-something. I mean, not a strong player. But I'm looking through an old article by a guy that works used to play outfield, Ryan Spilboros, uh, for the Rockies. He goes, these guys are a huge difference in the clubhouse. And he went to the World Series 07-09 for these Rockies. And he said the 08 Rockies were garbage because they didn't have guys like Josh Fogg on the team who kept these guys together. David Ross is one of those guys towards the end of his career. And even if you read his article about it, he was a, you know, a selfish teammate is what somebody quoted or something to that effect. You need guys like that. You need somebody, a Johnny Gomes for that Kansas City team a couple years ago. These guys are clubhouse essential, and they need to be the 25th man. You're saying that Hayward was supposed to be the sixth hitter in that lineup. I get that. But to be the 25th man and being the guy that's supposed to hit six and drive in 89 runs, big difference. All right, Jeremy. So going off of what you said, I can agree to David Ross. I was one when David Ross was signed, was not a fan of David Ross. The more I listened to like mic'd up clips from the World Series, uh, Anthony Rizzo uh, was treated like a mentoring uh, type leadership role. And, I, and I, I can agree to that, yes. on that In that instance, yes. Johnny Gomes, however, you and I had the same amount of hits as Johnny Gomes in the, in the World Series that year with the Royals. And he tweeted everyone letting him know that he was on that team and he didn't do squat he didn't even have one at bat you and i had as many at bats as that dude that's tweeting out his world series ring and talking about how great and talking trap blah 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 i i can't agree with you on that why these guys are the ones they do not have to be the guys but they have to be the guys uh, that not on the field but in the behind the scenes things to help teammates get better is there anything proven that Johnny Gomes was a good teammate? Oh, the guys loved him, and he wore the patriotic suit. I mean, <laughs> he had a cool haircut. Too. Yeah, you know, but no, there's not. But I think there are guys like that that are in the league that don't have to be the main go-to guy on their team by any stretch. But it's nicer when they are. It's nicer when you have a leader that is. Hunter Pence, I think, is that guy. He he brings a little bit of. Uh, Corkiness, but he also brings a work ethic and he leads by example. And guys follow guys like that, but he had a track record of backing it up too. So I think there are guys like that that come into play. I need stats, I need cold heart stats. I need to be able to see that a guy's hitting 280 with uh, an OPS plus of 800. That's the stuff I want to see. That's the stuff that puts player or that, that I believe in players. Okay, that's fair. And I, but I will say there is a lot of stuff behind the scenes that, have, that even the most diehard fans don't see. So I, I understand where you're coming from, but and I don't know if there's a price tag on those glue guys. At some point, you've got to say... There is. There's got to be a line that's not crossed in, but you want those guys to be on veteran, you know, minimum type of deals. Right. More than... Almost... So you're saying almost as just almost... They're going to get their you know, 150 at-bats, but they're almost like a player coach at that point. Yes, okay. the, the transition guy. It, like I said, it's great when you have a guy that still produces like Pedroia, like Hunter Pence does, but I don't think that 
it necessarily has to be one of those guys. I think a lot of the guys are reliever, and you know, the clubhouse might be the guy that everybody looks to just because of how he carries himself. And I think some players develop that or learn that, and others just don't. Or it's a personality thing. I'm not sure. There's probably a combination in a lot of those. Right. But I think that those guys are really needed on a lot of teams. Now, if you can afford that you have a 25th man that can hit 270 off a left-handed hitter and pinch hit all day long, I want that guy more likely. But I want that, that player coach to be in that organization somewhere. And a lot of teams don't have it, I don't think. Well, even, I don't think there's that many of them. In, not anymore. Anymore, anymore. Yeah. anymore. I think just you're seeing a different age. Uh, I remember listening to Adam Dunn talk. And he said... <laughs> Adam Dunn. But he said guys used to hang out after the game when he was younger. Like when he first came up, you know, like the early 2000s. Guys would stay and talk baseball. It was more, you know, not I got to get home and get to something else. Well, he said, you know... After the, the games, you know, toward the end of his career, 15 minutes and everybody had showered and already on their way home because they all went and played Xbox together. Right. Like, and that's cool. That's fun. But it was just different. He liked to talk shop. Right. And I think those guys kind of are needed still that want to talk shop, that want to be there. Like, Pedroia is a probably, you know, he's a workout junkie that everybody realizes, you know, can't right. get enough of it. Right. A Derek Jeter was a glue guy. Yeah. As much as I hate to say it. Yeah. A guy like the is needed, though. Yep. So, uh, why don't we go ahead? We're going to go just switch directions right now. Is this a freeze of the market? Or are coaches or uh, organizations finally getting smart? Is the, the, how I'm going to pose that question to you. That is honestly kind of a tough question. I think there's, with all the players in this, um, you know, hot stove offseason, if you will, I think there's three ways of looking at it and um i'm not sure technically what the right answer is but i think like i said there's a few different ways to go at it and i don't know what the right answer is right now all right jeremy so here's my three takes on the free agent frozen hot stove if you will i think there's an aspect of it that the the um, organizations are taking I think the uh, Major League Baseball Players Association has taken a look at it, um, and Scott, Bor- Scott Boris by himself has taken a look at it. I think Scott Boris feeds these players more, beefs them up more than what they are. I think the Players Association just wants players to sign, and I think that organizations are getting smart and realizing that, no, we're not getting um, handcuffed by these players that want $210 million when in retrospect they're only a $110 million player. And everyone right now in the baseball world is looking towards that teams are colluding. And I, I don't know, I, I, I can't tell you that they're colluding, but what I can tell you is these teams are getting smart. If JD Martinez isn't wanting a nine figure deal, then teams are like, then fine, I'm not paying you more than that. You're getting paid nine figures at a hundred, what, what uh, five years at 125 million? How is that not enough? That's a really fair statement, but I think that that's one way to look at it is these guys have gotten greedy, and that's the MLB Player Association yep. getting greedy. But there's a lot of things that go into you know, why they're getting greedy. 
but also I really have to take the stance right now and this I will not change this that these guys are in their 30s they are following the net, uh, the NFL thought process of well I can take a 23 year old and the, a special teams guy you know and I'm going to give him 150 at bats that you know he's not counted on to be the next guy in my organization but we might have something here compared to almost Every free agent that is still out there, I bet there's not seven of them that are key free agents that are, are I bet maybe less than five are in their 20s. Right. All these guys are in their mid to, a lot of them are mid 30s. Yep. I'm going to run through the catchers that are still really the free agents right now. And you tell me who's the youngest guy out of here. All right. Giovanni Soto, Carlos Ruiz, Lucroy. AJ Ellis and Chris Stewart. Who's the youngest guy out of that? I mean, they're all in their mid. I think Giovanni Soto signed with the White Sox, though, didn't he? He uh, it would have had been the last day or so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, they're all in their thirties. Yeah. Lucroy, thirty-two years old. AJ Ellis is thirty-seven. Carlos Ruiz is thirty-nine years old. I mean. I just don't think that these guys are the guys that you're going, yeah, I really want them. Could they be a backup catcher? They all really, besides Luke Hoyt, are backup catchers at this rate. <laughs> yeah. And so that that's a big take on it. But the guys that are still out there that I think that could make a team go in and start playing for a team right now, and you go, all right, at first base, Hosmer. Yep. Okay. I don't think there's one second baseman. That's a free agent that I'm going, yep, there probably could be a middle-of-the-order guy. Neil Walker is the best second baseman, probably. And he signed with the Brewers. And, yeah, he did sign with Recently. Yeah, so uh, shortstop uh, Nunez can kind of play anywhere on the infield. So, yeah. yeah, he could be a quality player for a team, but he's not somebody that I want to pencil in hitting second or no. you know, first, second, or fifth nope. by any stretch. Uh, third baseman... Uh, the Mustakas is the only other guy that I go. Yeah, this guy probably can still play, can still pick it. I think that he's one that might be getting a raw deal. Uh, a guy that plays in the outfield, I couldn't tell you one that I go. Yeah, I want him in the middle of my lineup right now. I Nick, think I think I go Cargo. Cargo's still out okay, there. Okay, Cargo, and Cargo is an awful teammate. If from every account that right. you've, that you've ever read, but maybe Cargo. Maybe Cargo. You know, Melky Cabrera. J.D. Martinez, obviously. Okay, J.D. Martinez, though, has passed up how many millions, I wonder, because right. he thought he was going to get at, how old is he? 30. 30 32? 30, 30? J.D. Martinez is 30. Okay, at 30 years old, how much money did he expect to get? You're not 27 coming into your real contract, you know, the big contract. He's 30. There's a huge difference in that three years. So looking at the, the guys here, the only other guy that I think I would maybe want as a middle-of-the-order guy is Jose Batista, 37 years old. Yeah, he's got a cannon of an arm, but he's becoming a defensive liability in a lot of aspects. But uh, I would think that he probably would be, at best, a two-year deal right now. I don't think that you're going to get anything else out of that. No. So the only thing that I, I feel like there's still quality in is some starting pitching. There is some really good starting pitching quality, uh, led by obviously Arietta 
and but I think a guy like Alex Cobb too yeah. is really very underrated pitcher yeah. and probably one of the younger guys in that. But I think Arietta could also be he might have just had his best two or three years because of the guys around him. I think looking at this free agent starting pitchers, there's quite a bit of that second tier, middle high th- third tier pitchers yeah. there. I mean, just running down, like you said, Alex Cobb, uh, Kashner, um, Hellickson can still uh, throw it, uh, Derek Holland. I would still feel comfortable with Lariano in my rotation. Okay. You what about not- a guy like Lance Lynn? Lefty. Here's a story about. Here's a personal story with Lance Lynn. When oh God, I, here we go. When I was working at the park, when Lance Lynn was going through his Tommy John that yeah. season, we I personally DM'd him for the park to try to get him to speak at our World Series. Okay. And his response straight was no. Okay. And I said, well, you, you're you're you know having Tommy John. I know you're not playing. And he goes, well, it's in the middle of the season. And that was it. Didn't even respond to anything else. So, no, I am not signing Lance Lynn on my team. Okay. But another team, 31 years old, can still throw it. Indiana guy. Yeah. You know, Chris Tillman's another one that's out there that can still pitch it. There's there's some, a lot of, like you said, that second-tier, third-tier, middle-rotation guys. And I think there's a few teams, one being the Cubs, could grab one of these guys still. Yep. I If I'm the Cubs... I'm not going after you, Darvish. I've heard I'm going of, after Alex Cobb. I've heard, I think Cobb can be a number two, three guy for basically any team. I've heard uh, Jaime Garcia. The Cubs yep. are interested in Garcia. Um, but like I said, yeah, I think there's guys out there. I think the the uh, John Lackey's one that um, I would stay away from. Scott Feldman, we've already ran through that in Chicago, and that was a fiasco. So uh, Tillman might be a guy to look at. Yep. I think you could probably now... I think you're going to see with, like we said, nine days away, I think you're going to see three or four of these guys pop, and then something's going to happen, and somebody's going to get hurt, and you're going to go, oh, we need a guy to eat innings then. And who is that guy? You're going to have to go get a a veteran guy because you're going to see only a few handful of guys, like we said, in their 20s here. Uh, Going to relievers, I just don't see... Guys that I'm going, yep, he's going to bring it. I like Clippard, man. I like Tyler Clippard a lot. Why? Why do you I just, like him? I just do. I think he gets he gets hitters out. You saw it in the the, uh, the World Baseball Classic. You Granted, his best days were in Washington. Absolutely. But I, Tyler Clippard could help any bullpen in the, in the majors right now. Probably. I think Rosenthal might be a guy to look yeah. at for a few teams. I'm a big Sergio Romo fan, too. And I don't know why. I uh, think Sergio. I uh, love Sergio Romo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no thanks. I I just don't buy into that. Jeremy, let me let me ask you a question. This okay. is strictly on the uh, free agents. Yeah. This thought just came to my mind. Do okay. you think that the holdout, if you will, is a response to Major League Baseball saying, you know, for our rookie contracts, you guys never paid us what we deserved at a younger age. Wow, that's a great question. That's one I hadn't really thought of or looked at, but I, I get what it is. But at this point, most of these guys are, are past, way past their prime, so I'm not going to buy into that. That should always be – you should have three contracts, in my opinion. You should have your rookie deal that you come in, you, you get your buyouts, whatever. Then you hit your, your contract. This is where you are 
taking care of your feeding your your grandparents and you you know your your grandkids on that sure. middle contract. Sure. The third contract is I'm going to try to finish up my career. Yep. That should be your goal. And that third contract should come in the early 30s and you should be doing it for a million or two a year, which is a lot cheaper than what you were three years ago. Sure. To finish up going through these relievers, Jeff, I, I want to look at a few guys that we both agree, though, could probably still help teams, and that is left-handed relievers. This is a stronger market than I feel like almost any other area uh, of free agents is really the left-handed relievers. I'm going to say three or four guys that I think I would take a chance on, and, and we, we agree on probably most of these. Uh, Francisco Liriano, I think, deserves a chance to come out of the pen. Yeah. I feel like he can bring it. Uh, De La Rosa is older. I don't know if I'm going to buy him, but he, he might be a guy that on a minor league deal that I bring in. But O'Flannery, uh, yeah, I really think that he can be a left-handed specialist at this rate. And a guy that you really like is Robbie Ross. Yeah, I like Robbie Ross. Um, has been around the game for a long time. I mean, yeah. even at 29, um, he could. He, I think he could play a role like um, a Montgomery for the Cubs. Absolutely, he can come out of the pen, lefty specialist, but also can spot start. He could spot start or be your long relief. Yep, you, you kind of have a little bit of options yep. with him. And I like Segrist too. I think Segrist still throws hard. I was about to say, he feels like he more brings it downhill. Yep. He throws it downhill and dares you. And I could love to see him on a team that's ready to compete right now. Yeah. I would think the Giants could use another left-hander out of the pen. Yeah. I think that would be a great fit for him because he can bring it, and like I said, he'll throw the ball downhill. And even at 32, I think Tony Watson comes off this list at some point. Funky delivery from the left side. I mean, It's a little odd, It's a but it's a little quirky, but little quirky we know works. Yep. So I, uh, I guess so. On these on these free agents, though, you, you have another take that that we want to get into is Scott Boris. I think Scott Boris is ruining the free agent market. I think there are players that he uh, beefs up. JD Martinez, who says I can get you 210, 220 million. Jake Arrieta, the same. Um, J.D. Martinez was released, straight up released by the Astros. Yep. Put up some decent numbers. Four straight years where he's, or three out of the last four years or so, he's played pretty darn well. But is he $210 million worth it at 30 years old, eight-year deal? You and I both know those eight-year deals backfire on everyone. After about 35, 36, a player like him, he's already almost proven that he can't play outfield anymore at no. 30. No, he is a guard. He's a first baseman, future or DH. Or DH, yep. So I think, um, and, and, and as far as Boris saying that teams are colluding, he says it looks like a lot like 1987 offseason when teams did get in trouble for collusion. <laughs> I, I, I can't buy into it. You know, one of the reporters today said that uh, Boris needs to work on getting his player signed more than he needs to rip the MLB, and I have to agree. Yeah, I, I'm fair with that, but I'm also going, J.D. Martinez, You like we said, we can put him in the middle of the lineup. He's probably the, the one that you go, one of the three or four that you go, yeah, we put him in the middle of the lineup. But at that type of money, maybe cargo might be a lot cheaper. Yeah, and I think if I'm the Red Sox, I look at bringing cargo in. 
Yeah, the Red Sox though. But I don't know if the Red Sox need that. And like, and like you and I talked off air, the Red Sox have signed too many guys at terrible contracts. And at what point are fans or Dombrowski going to say, we've had enough. They're still paying uh, uh, Pablo Sandoval. They're still paying or going to pay Manny, uh, Manny Ramirez from a deferred contract. They're still paying Alec Craig. They paid Carl Crawford forever, it felt like. At some point, they've got to be done with this and decide what the Yankees do is not going to dictate what we do. And I think well, that's the problem. And one thing, talking about the Red Sox, I just I did not see this until I'm looking right now. They talked about trying to go get Double E, Edwin, and Carnacion I in saw a trade. That. I, I didn't that. see that today. Yep. We we talked a few hours ago about this. I didn't see that, so that's pretty interesting as well to me. That, and I really could see that being a a good trade for the Indians. Yep. Because now they have a, a new first baseman. They can get a different DH. Uh, they could also move a guy to, you know, they could move Kipnis around a little bit now. Is what that yep. shows as yep. well. So, but. Uh, yeah, I think Scott Boris might be overplaying his cards. You know, pocket twos aren't going to win you a lot of hands, and he's pushing it like it's pocket aces is a good way that I think that I would describe it. Jeff, it's time. It is time for the hashtag that we will run with for for as long as you want, but it might be a long while, maybe months, maybe years. I don't I'm, know. I love it. Manfred is a clown is our hashtag. Jeff, you've been... Texting me, I swear, at midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning some night, <laughs> telling me Manfred is a clown. The floor is yours. Tell me why he runs the three-ring circus. Manfred is an absolute clown, and that's all he'll ever be. He'll be the guy standing up at press conferences with the big red nose. And let me tell you a little bit of my frustration. Manfred wants to – his main goal is pace of play. That's very open and out there. In 2017 – Major League Baseball set a record for revenue at $10 billion. Jeremy, did you catch that? $10 billion. With a B. With a B. 12 teams were number one in primetime television ratings in their market, up from nine teams in 2016. And just four teams were not number one in their market, the two being the Mets and the Angels, both overshadowed by the Yankees and the Dodgers. And the Dodgers. Yes. My opinion, the game is healthy. We have young players in it. We have more people watching. Clearly, these numbers don't lie. You mean stats don't lie? Stats don't lie. Major League Baseball is completely missing some of the key problems here. Okay. It, last year, um, Gulf Coast League, Arizona Fall League, both used the um, international tiebreaker, if you will, runner on second base. Those, so the adult softball, the guys that were has-beens. Yep, yep. And Including myself. <laughs> and, um, those games were 16 minutes shorter than games in uh, 2015. But the kicker is, in 2017, the uh, Major League Baseball only went to 7.5% extra inning games. Which, out of the 24, 30 plus, that's about 182 games a year. So, one every other day, if you will. Yeah, not many. Uh, most teams play... Like you said, 7%, so right. I'm going to say less than a half a dozen. So why are we doing this? Manfred is is not worried about pace of play. He wants to make the game shorter. He wants to take baseball content out. Don't at me on that. But I'm telling you, 
He wants to take baseball content out that are have people watching like you and I. We don't. We're, when we sit down for a game, we know what we're in for. Yeah. When we go to Wrigley Field and we go to Great American and people go to Fenway, they're going there to watch the game. Okay. They want to be there as long as possible. I know I do. Yeah. When I go to Wrigley Field, I want to be there as long as possible, watching baseball, eating some hot dogs, drinking old style. That's what I'm there for. I'm there to watch the game. I'm not there to watch a guy go on second base. And it, it, I can tell you what, it's not going to matter much. In, in Major League Baseball, putting a guy at second, that guy's going to score almost every time with no outs. I'll, I will, there's a high percentage. Maybe not every time, but a high percentage. Here are some of Manfred's rules since he's come in. Um, no pitches being thrown on intentional walks. That was a very small rule change that people lost their minds over, including myself. The Utley slide rule, which is much like the NFL catch rule. No one knows nobody what nobody knows it. what it is. Uh, twenty minute pitch clock. He's implementing regardless of what the players say. That is crap. Because Manfred's not out there on the field. Nor has he ever been. No, no. One thing that I read today is they want to limit six mound visits per nine innings. Regardless. So that could be a catcher or a coach. Six per game. That's it. That's not how it works by any stretch. One additional for each extra inning. So, what? still. And then, like I said, the international tiebreaker, which they're going to implement in the 11th inning of the All-Star game this year. Jeremy, I'm telling you, these rules are going to backfire on him poorly. Absolutely. I agree. I don't think that we're going to argue this fact. Because I think that both you and I are on the same team on this one. I got worked up right there. You were a little hesitant, or you're a little, you know, not hesitant. You were a little fired up. I, I was. actually, it got like three degrees warmer over here. I know. And th- but here's my question: Where does the ERA go? Yeah. What, what happens to the pitcher? Does that become an RBI? I, it's one of those feelings that they're I not. Just, think, they're not thinking it through. No, I don't agree with the thought process whatsoever. And casual fans, yeah, it might be a difference. For most people, and the numbers show it, they don't care about that whatsoever. All right, Jeremy, good stuff on uh, Manfred. I get worked up. A little bit. It was, it was well-deserved, though. How's that? All righty. But guess what's coming next? Call to the closer. Give me the righty. All righty. So my question to you here is uh, back in your playing days. I know it's been a long time. For both of us. For both of us. A little bit. Um, you have any playing day superstitions? No. None? None. The only things I like to do is I like to put my socks on the same feet. Okay. Not a big deal, but I like to do that. Sure. Um, I don't know if that's really a superstition, but I, I, I'm I, okay with guys with superstitions. Okay. Because if that makes you play better that day, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Whatever you have to do to get yourself prepared to play... I like to stretch the same way. I like to do the same routine. But that was not a superstition that if something got thrown off, it did. Like, I didn't really have any superstitions. Like, Huh, interesting. So, um, but every time I go up to the plate, I still do it in my slow pitch days. I tap all three corners of the plate, the, yep. the back three, uh, in, top, out. Okay. And I've done that since I was, I think, 11 years old. I started doing that. Okay. So, uh but no, I don't really have a superstition. Huh. So what about what about you? What was your superstition? My superstition, and it was very odd. The one main one I had when I was playing at Grace, before every game, 
every single game, Jeremy, before we either got to the field to take batting practice or before we got on the bus, I would go to Burger King and I would order a um, sausage and cheese, no egg, sausage and cheese croissant, small hash brown, small Dr. Pepper. They knew me by name, Jeremy, and they would say, what's up, Jeff? Your usual? Yep. Make me what I think. Good luck at your game today. Every game for four years. For Bur- four years. For Bur- Burger King before every game. Breakfast. Croissant. Every day. That was that was my main... What if you didn't play till like, the evening? Didn't matter. So you went every day? Every day. Every game. You had the same thing? Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. My uh, call to the closer, bringing the lefty here. Okay. Uh, is kind of a two-part question. The coolest memorabilia, sports memorabilia thing that you have, that you personally own, and also what sports memorabilia thing would you like to own that you don't, that it could be anything. Anything, okay. Um, so the, the coolest sports memorabilia um, piece that I have, I actually got it for myself. It's actually, it's in my home office. It's a signed no more Garcia Parra picture. No more Garcia Parra to me was bigger than life. Still to this day, favorite baseball player of all time. I loved his mannerisms when he played. I liked his um, his the, the yeah, batting gloves, the batting. everything. Um, that was my guy. So my signed picture that I have, it's authentic. I have an uh, certification, everything. COA. Yep, framed. Love it. Um, one piece of memorabilia that I would want. I probably would want, as you know, I'm a big fan. I'm a big um, baseball glove junkie. Yeah. I would Love want them, like to restore them, all yep. of it. I would want like an old school, like the six finger, five finger gloves of some player, like like a like a Jackie Robinson, uh, Pee Wee Reese, a glove like that that I could put. To me, that's it. That's that, that's where I'm at. You're, you're never gonna get better. Nope. Never gonna get better. Nope. All right. Maybe autographed. I would want a game used one autographed. I think that would be even better. But yep. I don't think you're probably gonna find hardly nope. any of those. It was just a different era, different mm-hmm. day. So um, I'll give you mine. Okay. My my coolest piece right now. My my best friend that I've known since kindergarten. So uh, 1992. So is when we met. I got a Cincinnati Enquirer the day after Pete Rose hit his. Uh, you know, the uh, 4192. So it's from September 12th, 1985, I believe. It's nice. I know it's September 12th. I believe it's 85, before I was born. But Pete Rose, you know, whatever you think of him, I don't care right now. Right. It's a cool piece to, to really have. Oh, absolutely. So Hit King. Hit King. He is a Hit King. And one of our other arguments, uh, I said this to you earlier, is... Who's the real hit king? Is it him or Ichiro? And I'm going Pete all day. I go Pete too. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about why a different day, but that is my coolest piece that I personally own. All right, Jeremy. So uh, second part of the question, what, back to you, Yeah. what uh, sports memorabilia piece would you like in your collection? All right. So not that he's my favorite or I, you know, but I think he is on the Mount Rushmore of all sports. Muhammad Ali, I want a used ring glove, something that he fought in, signed. That's good. I, I don't know if it's out there. I haven't looked for it. 
but if I could get something or a set of gloves that I could hang up down here, done. I'm done. Yeah, People, I, I'll trade something off this man cave wall. Right. You know, to get that. That would be the coolest thing to me, though, is get some ring-used gloves signed by Ali. I yes, don't know if they're out there to get, but if they are, all day. And your uh, balls on your ball rack up there of autographed balls, you got some pretty good ones. So hey, Tony Perez. Tony Perez is my the, the key. You know, uh, gonna get a few more. Uh, my daughter's middle name is Rose after Pete Rose. She has a personalized autograph. My other daughter' middle name is Morgan after Joe Morgan. Okay. So we're working on getting her a Joe Morgan autograph next. So that's probably the next piece that I'm gonna go after. You know, I, I like bobbleheads. I like signed balls. Uh, Contacted Brett Boone's gonna sign a ball for me. Is he really? Yeah, uh, he he messaged me on Twitter after uh, I tweeted some things, and he and I said, hey, I would love to get a signed ball by you, and he gave me his address. Said send it anytime. Super nice guy, uh, you know, kind of a, a neat thing. And sure. I think the Boone family is like the first family of baseball type of feeling. Like they are the big deal. So one of the big deals. How's that? That's good. That's better. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, but. There, there's not many that are three generation like that with, right. with all stars in every generation sure. type of thing. So, sure. but uh, you know, there's some cool pieces. I have a lot of cool pieces, but uh, that that would probably be right up there with all of it. All right, Jeff, we uh, wrapped up show two, and uh, to go on that, we we like this segment because, like you said, we've known each other ten years, and sure. it's kind of fun to just. Get a little bit off sports per se, or whatever yep. rants we want to go on. But uh, here, here's my, uh, you know, curtain call today. Is uh, we we just watched Super Bowl the other day. One of the an amazing game. If sure. you ask me, yep. I, I love football. I could talk football till I'm blue in the ears, like baseball. Um, but what is your go-to Super Bowl party snack that you're like? I am not going to this party unless this is here. There's so many solid answers to that. For me, a cheese and meat tray gets me going. You get you get a little Colby Jack slice cube cheese. We had that at my party here. Oh yeah. Uh, you get a little French dip dressing or uh, not French dip. Um, a little ranch or you could go ranch. I like the uh, the French you dip chips in too. Yeah. Like a little French dip, I guess yep. is what. Yeah, French dip. Get a little bit of that on your Colby Jack cheese. Little summer sausage, a little cheddar. Touch a jalapeno for oh, me. Oh, oh, what about a green onion? Are you a green onion guy on this? Uh, depends on how crazy I'm getting. Oh, so I'm, I'm a green onion on it. So. Are you? Oh, yeah, green onion's fantastic. Uh, you know, you get, if you really want to go crazy with it, you get a little crackers, uh, summer sausage, cheese, cracker again, make you a little lunchable, if you will. Done deal. Done. I'm there if that's there. You're that at that Super Bowl I'm party there. for eternity. Yeah, every year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you need me to bring, you know, a keg for that spread. Absolutely. You need me to bring all the pizzas. That's what you're saying. I'm. You're there. I'm there. You just name your price and you're there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think one of my favorite go-to's is a buffalo chicken dip. All right. It can be a crock pot. It can be a pan that's baked. I don't care. But. The spiciness, but it's got to have a good hot sauce on it. I'm not a spicy food fan, but for some reason, with the the chicken, the cheese, the cream, oh, fantastic! I, that's that's a go-to move for me. Which one do you prefer, crockpot or stovetop? I prefer the stovetop. Really, um, crockpot for me, and I'm not a spicy guy. 
But crock you pot lose a lot out of the crock pot is why. I think you lose a lot of spiciness, but you don't go wrong either way. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah. So, all right. On this topic, because I like food, you like food, oh, we, yeah. like, we like talking about this. Yes, uh, sir. So you're going to a party, and they're going to have wings mm. for a Super Bowl party. Is it boneless or traditional wings? Uh, if I'm at a party, Super Bowl party, I'm going bone in. I'm going traditional wings. Okay. I think the flavor's better. Yeah. Um, it, it tastes more real to me. Fair. My thought process is both are fine. Both are fine. If you're ordering takeout from somewhere, probably go the boneless. If sure. you're, do, you're, you're doing them at home, don't go the boneless. Go, no. go the traditional. No. But you do not do hotter than fire because half the people don't like it that right. way. You need a mild to maybe medium, depending on what you're getting, buffalo sauce. And a barbecue option. Only two options you have. I'm going teriyaki on one of them. I'm going barbecue and teriyaki. That's that's my go-to on wings. Okay, your go-to. But you're at a general party. How many people just eat teriyaki wings all the time? More you than know? you'd think. Half the population eats teriyaki <laughs> wings. Oh, bold statement right here. 50%, the 7.5% from our do show. We, do we need to... I'll do a, I'll do a, a Twitter uh, uh, poll tonight. Okay. We can do a Twitter poll tonight. Do a Twitter poll. Who eats? Hashtag Manfred is a clown. Hashtag Manfred is a clown. Which wings are you eating at a Super Bowl party? Um, uh, 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 buffalo, mild buffalo, or teriyaki. Done deal. Let's do it. Or barbecue. Here's the thing, though. I'm eating anything that you put on my plate, probably. As long as I'm not getting set on fire with uh, how spicy it is, I'm eating all of it. So uh, That's our show this week. We... Uh, Love doing this. Follow us on Twitter at uh, Rants Baseball. It is Baseball Rants, but it's at Rants Baseball. Uh, you can listen to us on the Google Play. You can listen to us on the iTunes and the Pocket uh, Casts. Pocket Casts. So uh, for Jeff 44 Himes, Coach Kilgore here, we had a, another fun week, and we'll be back next week. Yep. Remember, only anchor channel with baseball only. Hashtag, Hashtag Manfred's a clown. Take it easy, guys. We'll see you next week around the same time, same place.